Before we begin this episode, I want to share with you that we are now on Patreon. After several requests to separate It's Haunted What Now from True Crime Fan Club, I have finally decided to listen. I know, I know, it took me long enough. You can head to patreon.com slash hauntedpodcast to see how you can support the show. Welcome back to It's Haunted What Now. I'm your host, Lainey. I have been gathering your stories for this episode, and let me tell you, you are in for a treat. I want to thank you for continuing to submit your stories, and please keep sending those in and be sure to subscribe to us on Get Vocal and you'll get a chance to join us live and share your stories there. The link is going to be in the show notes. Our first story comes from Darcy Janeway who brings us a very interesting tale about either a peeping Tom or a peeping ghost. I'll let you decide what it is. When I was 15, I was staying at my mom's house for the weekend. My parents are divorced, so it was just me and her. It was about 12.30 a.m., and I was just chilling in the living room watching TV while my mom was asleep. The living room had two windows that faced the front yard, and I often left the curtains open as the house was set back from the road. My mom's house was not in the best part of town, but I had always felt relatively safe there. While I was watching TV in my pajamas, I saw some movement out of the corner of my eye from the window that was closest to me. It was only about four feet away. I turned and looked out the window. A figure of a man's face was staring right back at me, smiling the most hideous grin I had ever seen. I was frozen and for about 20 seconds just sitting there with my eyes locked on his. Suddenly, my panic set in and I leapt up from the sofa and tried to run to my mom. I slammed my leg right above my knee into the wooden coffee table and fell to the ground. My leg felt like it was jelly. I scrambled up and shouted for my mom. My mom came running in half asleep, wondering what was wrong. I started stammering that someone was in the window watching me. Just as my mom was starting to realize what I was saying... We both heard someone attempting to open the front door to the house. Me and my mom both stood still, thinking that it was double locked. But then when it stopped, my mother looked horribly grave and just whispered, The back door. She turned and bolted through the house, scrambling she turned the deadbolt on the back door in the kitchen and backed away. She then ran to her room and pulled a baseball bat from beneath her bed that I knew she kept because she was a woman living alone. Frantically, she asked me to call the police, which I did, whispering to the operator that someone was trying to get into my house. We then saw the shadow approach the back door quickly and try desperately to open the door, kicking and grunting while they tried to get in. My mother shouted, I have a bat and I will fucking kill you if you try and get in this house. We have called the police and they are on their way. The person on the other side stopped and was still for about 30 seconds before turning and running away. 
My mom and I stood in the middle of the kitchen for the 20 minutes it took the police to get to us. The whole time my mother had the bat raised and ready to strike. When the police finally came, they looked around the house. They found that the flowers outside the window were trampled and there were several cigarette butts on the ground outside the window where I saw the figure. No one in my house smokes and the police assumed he had been there for a while. They didn't find him and took my description, but we never heard anything more about it. My mom moved away from that house a year later, even though we never had another incident. I now live in another country with my husband, who wonders why I have no desire to own a house and love living in high-rise apartments. I also pay for state-of-the-art home security and have a baseball bat in my closet, just like my mom. I have no idea what would have happened if my mother had not realized the back door was unlocked and had beaten it to it, or if for some reason my mother wasn't there that night and she worked late. I don't know if the man thought he could overpower two women alone or if he was just trying to scare us. Whatever it was or had intended, I pray it didn't find someone else who forgot to lock their back door. Uh, yeah, this definitely does not sit right with me. Either it's a peeping Tom or a peeping ghost, and I think I would prefer the ghost. Now, what about you? Astral Mermaid brings yet another doll story to the show, but it seems as if everyone is not listening to me when I say to burn all of your dolls. When I was about seven, my aunt gave both me and my sister really nice dolls. They were like infant-sized. My sister's doll had blonde curly hair tied up, blue eyes, and a white dress with different colored hearts. Well, she was scared of it. I think dolls just freaked her out in general. So my grandma kept it and, for some reason, hung it on her wall. I've always wondered why she did that. I never got to ask her. She really just hung the doll by the dress with a nail above her bed. I thought it was something to do with a Mexican superstition. It wasn't like she had a ton of dolls everywhere either, it was just this one doll. Well, we all had to sleep with it just hanging there because it was a one-bedroom house. Then, within a couple of days, we all started having nightmares about the doll trying to kill or harm us. My sister and I slept on the floor and she woke me up and said the doll was calling my name. Not hers, mine. I told her to shut up because I thought she was trying to scare me. Then she started crying and she said, no, I'm serious, please. I drowned her out and fell back asleep. I had a dream that I was alone in my school cafeteria and a little girl was singing the ABCs and I just knew she was under the vending machine. I walked to it and then my ankle got sliced when I got to the vending machine. I fell and I couldn't walk. Our cafeteria had a stage and I looked up and she, the doll, was peeking her head through the curtain, laughing at me. Then I woke up. Another day, I overheard my mom and aunt talking about their dreams that they had of the doll and they all included just them and me. 
like I was the only one including themselves that was in the dream. My mom said she and I were running from the house. We both jumped in the car and she saw the shadow of the doll next to the car window. Then I kept telling her to let the doll in and she wouldn't so I started biting her. Then my aunt said the doll and I were sitting on the couch and I was acting and dressed weird. She said I was dressed like in old time little girl's clothes and that when I talked, she never saw my mouth move, but the doll was talking in my voice. She had a bad vibe and once we realized that she felt a bad vibe, we attacked her. As for my grandma, she refused to take the doll down. I kept having nightmares of the doll and so did everyone else. Then finally, like anyone else would do, I took the doll and took its eyes out because I thought if she couldn't see us anymore, it would stop. I put the doll back up and my family was horrified. I did not want a whooping, so of course I didn't come forward and say it was me. My family was sure the doll was cursed and they blessed the house. The doll was gone in the trash the next day. For a week straight, my grandma prayed to us in Spanish and threw holy water the moment you walk through the door. Then one day me and my sister were playing and she's like, you have to be happy now because grandma's doll wanted you sad. Listen, I said what I said. Please burn your dolls immediately. I mean, or don't, because then I have content to get freaked out about, and I seriously hate doll stories, so I sometimes feel these are submitted on purpose to scare me because you guys know I record these at night to really get into the mood, but I am willing to sacrifice myself for your listening pleasure. I know some of you listening are really curious about people who experience sleep paralysis. Now, I think Machine Wars Galaxy Story will have you leaving your light on tonight. I've experienced sleep paralysis since I was very young, and like most who experience it, it was never anything other than the usual. Brief inability to move or control breathing. That was until my last experience about five years ago. I went to bed one evening with my now wife and experienced a dream unlike any other I can remember. I sat sketching a human figure, something I used to do as a hobby all through my adolescence. I could not look away from sketching, not even as a woman stood beside me asking questions about it. From my peripheral, I could make out the general form of her legs. While I couldn't see her, I had a confident feeling of her being beautiful. I remember a soft green color, either of the room I was in, or her dress, or both. That was the entirety of my dream, I awoke from it in sleep paralysis. I awoke on my stomach, which is odd because I can't stand sleeping on my stomach. I prefer my side. My head was on its side with my face towards the wall. It was completely dark. This was the first time in my life I did not stress out. I made a willing effort to not worry and focus on moving my body. I was able to angle my neck slash head up so as to get a better view of my surroundings hoping to comfort my discomfort. This is when I saw the Alp. 
My side of the room had a small window on the upper half of the wall. The blinds were down and just enough early, barely dark blue morning light slash moonlight was highlighting a floating head in front of the window. I couldn't see details on the head, but it was clearly covered in long hair, face and all. It had two fangs protruding up from its jaw. Its eyes were perfectly round, black and beady. It was staring at me, no question. I knew instantly that it was this being that was responsible for my paralysis. I knew that it was what I couldn't look at in my dream. And with my dream still fresh in my mind, I was at ease having experienced how gentle it was then. I was not afraid. I'm not really sure if it wanted me to see it like this, or if perhaps it made a mistake or simply failed to keep me asleep. It didn't move or blink, and it stared at me for probably 10 or 20 seconds before we both heard my wife slam her shin against luggage she and I had recently left on the floor of our room. My wife yelled, fuck, under her breath. She was in pain. Now I couldn't move any more than I already had, and I was forced to continue staring at the being or alp while it turned its head to my wife. The alp locked its gaze on her as its head panned to follow her across the room to the other side of the bed. It wasn't long after that that the alp panned its face past me and to the headboard sidewall. I watched it float towards the wall and eventually through it. I remember I had to strain my eyes to follow it because I couldn't move my neck or head any further. As soon as the alp had crossed through the wall entirely, my paralysis also ceased and almost at once. I glanced around the room and what I could see of it was normal and quiet. My wife lay asleep next to me. I decided to go back to sleep and not wake her then and there, as I knew she would be terrified and unable to sleep. My wife woke early the next morning and left for work before I bothered to get out of bed. I had the day to Google what I had seen. That is when I came across the Alp wiki page after Googling sleep paralysis demon. I honestly wasn't expecting to find much on the internet, and I was made slightly uncomfortable with how closely the article detailed my experience. Later that day, when my wife had returned home, I asked if she had run into the luggage the previous night. She explained she did while walking back from the connected bathroom and that it hurt. My wife and I will often use the bathroom in the middle of the night without turning on any lights. The bathroom at the time had the toilet room connected to a sink room, which was connected to our bedroom. I believe that the Alp had encountered me while my wife was away, and then it had mistaken me as being alone. I believe my wife returning is the only reason it suddenly left. I've entertained the thought of this being a dream, like experience completely in my mind. I've entertained the idea of my mental health slipping, I really hope that's not the case. I admit I had been smoking cannabis around that time, although I had not been under the influence that day or night. I've never taken any hallucinogenic substances. I'm simply not interested. I strongly oppose putting any drug other than cannabis into my body. I don't even take pain relievers such as Tylenol. My point is, I wasn't high and I really doubt that THC could induce that experience in any way. I'm going to pause the spooky tales so you can hear a word from our sponsors. 
Um, wow, that was incredible. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I think your wife's absence and then presence may have helped scare it off. But I do find it interesting. I don't think that it was a dream, but that is because I find sleep paralysis to be such a real thing that many people experience. Now our next story comes from Lewis, who was surprised by a spirit in a really odd place. I was 17 and just got home from some event, either with a church group or some friends, I don't remember. It was about 11 p.m. and as mandated, I woke my parents up to let them know I was home and alive. I don't remember why I felt the need to shower that night, but I did. The shower was a stall with a glass door and a really high pressure stream, which was almost deafening in that plastic stall. You would have to shout at me right next to the bathroom door in order for me to hear you. So that's why what happened next was so shocking. Mid-shower, there is this loud, blood-curdling female scream that I could hear from the shower. I had never heard someone scream like that in real life and it paralyzed me for a second. I have two sisters, so I immediately thought the worst. So I bust out of the shower and run to my parents' room dripping wet, wearing only a towel, fully expecting my parents to be getting up to see who was screaming. The house wasn't that big, just a double-wide trailer with an addition. I was shocked to find them in bed, asleep still. Their door was open. If I heard the scream, then they should have really heard it, especially since neither of them are light sleepers. I woke them quickly and asked if they had heard that scream, which they didn't. Mom was concerned and Dad hopped out of bed and we checked on my siblings. They were all sound asleep. So we searched the house and even looked outside, and there was nothing. My dad usually gets annoyed and upset when I talk about the paranormal. He had to exorcise some evil spirit from a room when he was on his mission at age 20, so he prefers to have them just not exist at our house, so there's no scary movies. But this time, he was pretty calm, probably because he could tell how upset I was. I wasn't dreaming, hallucinating, or making it up, and he knew it. I was standing naked with a towel, nearly hyperventilating and still dripping from the shower. Dad tried to comfort me, telling me that it was probably just a cat outside. Yeah, really. He didn't believe it, but that's what he was selling, so I better buy it. I really had nothing else to do but go to bed down in the basement where most of the activity occurred. But you bet your butt I didn't sleep much. Whatever it was that was screaming would bug me periodically. I was the only one in the basement, so naturally, I was the only witness. I have lots of stories my family still won't believe. Lewis, now see, here's the thing. I would have definitely just asked my parents. In fact, I probably would have just slept in their room. There's no way I would be able to sleep alone at that time, but I do wonder about the type of energy that's in the house and that's lingering, especially since your dad has experience in the paranormal and chooses to ignore it. I don't imagine that it was actually anything good. 
Our final story comes from Stella, and she's a nurse who works the night shift. And this latest night shift had her questioning if a ghostly patient was messing around. I'm a pediatric nurse and was on a night shift recently. I was in charge, so the girls before me handed over that they logged a clinical engineering job for call bell number seven. This was because the call bell kept ringing nonstop starting at 2200 hours. There were no patients in the room as it was an empty double door room. The call bells were disconnected from the wall and it still continued to ring. I said I will hand over in the morning to the charge nurse so she can follow up with engineering. I thought nothing of it as it was ringing when I started my shift and just thought how annoying it was going to be all night as it dings really loudly every two minutes. At midnight before we start doing rounds, I went to inspect the room and note all the call bells are disconnected from the wall and nothing looks amiss besides one pillow missing from the bed next to the door. I remind myself to bring a pillow next time I walk past to ensure the room is set up for a potential new patient in the morning. My coworker Molly is floating between pods. The ward is divided into two pods. Molly is a serious and hardworking older nurse who is also a devout Christian. She is going into room eight to do an IV antibiotic and I walk down with her as I am the nurse looking after pod one, which is where room seven is located. I'm about to allocate a room to a new kid coming in. I walk past room seven as it's on my way and think that I should grab a pillow for the bed by the door. And I look into it as I walk past before getting a pillow and, oh my lord, the bed is sitting up and it looks messy, as if someone was sitting on it. I thought someone from a different room could have been messing around with the bed, so I wasn't shocked or worried. Molly finished her antibiotic and was gelling her hands outside the room next door when I asked her to come into room 7 and have a look. She asked if I was preparing the room for a new admission and I said no. I asked her if she set the bed up and she said she hasn't been into the room as there aren't any patients and she left the call bell problem to me as I was in charge. I say it looks like someone is sitting here waiting for their call bell to be answered. Molly pats the bed and says hello patient, and looks at me and I jokingly say, hello mate, can you please stop ringing the bell? You're keeping the younger kids awake with all the noise. And we walk out shaking our heads at the weirdness of the situation. We look up as the call bell dings and then the signal goes off for the first time since we started our shift. It never went on again that night. I had to explain to my manager why I logged an engineering job and for her to cancel it. There are so many potential explanations, but we have many odd things happen in pod one during the night, including people seeing and hearing the boy with the guitar, seeing a little girl come into their room and children sleepwalking and standing in the middle of the hallway staring at their room. First, Stella, I want to thank you and the whole team behind It's Haunted What Now. I want to thank you for your service in the healthcare field and for being an essential worker. 
Now, I love haunted hospital stories, and I so wish more frontline employees would share their spooky tales because I am always so curious about what they experience. Now, if you're busy, being in a hospital probably goes by really quickly. But when the nights are slow and unexplained things happen, I can't even begin to imagine what that must be like. Well, that wraps up this episode. If you'd like to submit your own spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and submit your story. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and positively review the show on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can follow us on most social media platforms, Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, facebook.com slash haunted pod, Instagram at it's haunted what now, and of course, our website is hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Aaliyah Lopez. Audio engineering and spooky sounds come Until from Chez at Gray Multimedia. Check out his work at graymultimedia.com. Spooky tune creator for the show is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com.